Jim Mallard here. Welcome to the Mallard Report. The Mallard Report is recorded in front of a live virtual audience on the Duck Pond. Tuesday nights, 9 p.m. Eastern, live. Mallard.com. M-A-L-L-I-A-R-D.com. One more thing before we start. Let me turn it over to my friend that you may know from Ancient Aliens and the Curse of Oak Island and many other things. Robert Clotworthy. On the Malliard Report, the views, thoughts, and opinions expressed on the show are solely those of the hosts and guests and not necessarily of Evergreen Podcasts, KillerPodcast.com, sponsor or affiliate, or any other individual or group. On the Malliard Report, the views, thoughts, and opinions expressed in the show are solely those of the hosts and guests and not necessarily of Evergreen Podcast, KillerPodcast.com, sponsor or affiliate, or any other individual or group. Good evening, everybody. I hope everybody's staying warm out there. I know I'm trying. My guest tonight is Lon Strickler. Lon, thank you for joining me. It's been, you know, there aren't too many people in this field that have been around this long that I haven't talked to, so I feel like an idiot. But don't hold that against me, okay? Right. <laughs> so, what's, I mean, you've been doing stuff online since 2005. Am I, am I correct on that? I, I started the blog in 2005. Uh, Fams of, Mo- of Monsters, the blog. I, that, yeah, I started that in 2005. But um, uh, I, I've been investigating since actually the mid 70s. So, what made you want to start a blog? We'll start with that easy. I mean, I, I'll get back to the investigating here in a minute. But what made you want to start? <laughs> why would you want to start a blog first? Well, I was actually writing for another. Uh, website and um, you know I I was posting some stuff I you know I've been through or had experienced and uh, some of the investigations I had rec- you know I had written down that I'd done previous years and the guy at the website said you know you need you really should start a blog or something like that uh, you know so and I had a couple other people say mentioned it to me so that's how it that's how it started okay so take me back to the 70s because i mean obviously that is before it was tv cool as we yeah. like to joke around here so yeah. i'm sure you must have had a uh an experience that made you start digging into it more or am i well, assuming I that? Actually, yeah i actually had a, a personal experience back in um 1967 uh when i was living near Gettysburg, which I, I do now again. And, um, I used to spend a lot of time on the battlefield as a kid. So I used to get on my bike and, and ride, uh, from my hometown to Gettysburg. And, uh, I used to spend time in the battlefield in this one particular day. Now, first of all, I, I knew that there was something different with me. I mean, I was nine years old at the time and yeah, I, 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 I sensed that I could, you know, I don't know, sense or feel spirit energy, but I, I wasn't really sure what it was. You, you know, when you're a kid, you don't really understand any of that. And I never talked to it with my parents or anything. So um, I'm out on the battlefield. I'm in the area of Little Round, between Little Round Top and Devil's Den. And, um, all of a sudden, it's like a, a huge TV screen opens up for me. And I start seeing soldiers and hearing gunfire, smelling gunpowder. And, I mean, all my senses were open. And I was, you know, I'm in the middle of a friggin' battle. And that lasted for like 30 seconds. And all of a sudden, it disappeared. But I, I after that day, I realized that yeah, there's something going on here. And as time moved on, I, I started using my intuitive abilities to work cases and such. And, um, so that's how I really started. And as I got older and, and into, got into the seventies around the time I graduated from high school, I, um, I was actually helping people with, uh, cases and, uh, with, activity around their homes and businesses and such. And, you know, back then, you know, you told someone you were a paranormal investigator, they kind of gave you that crazy look, like, you know. Uh, 
So, like some people know, still do today. <laughs> well, absolutely. And it, it, it wasn't mainstream back then. Oh, no. I mean, and uh, so, um, you know, it, and I didn't advertise or anything. It was kind of a word of mouth thing. Someone would say something to me, and I'd, you know, I'd look into it and get involved. But by this time, after I left high school, I, I had moved down to uh, the Baltimore, Maryland area. Uh, and I was doing cases in Maryland and Pennsylvania for years. Still do. And um, I lived down there for about 40 years, raised a family. And um, back in 2016, I decided to move back up here. And uh, I'm back where I, really where I started it. So I've got Germantown Runner in my chat room. He's from Maryland. Of course, I'm from Pennsylvania, so we need you to settle this once and for all. Which state's better? Well, I mean, it depends what you're looking at. Um, <laughs> Just say Pennsylvania uh, and be done with it. It'll be okay. No. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, there's a lot more going on in Pennsylvania. But, you know, I I lived in Maryland all that time. I, I kind of like the city anyway. Uh, I was kind of used to say about moving back up here, it, you know. The small town thing, I guess, I, I that got back and green to me. So, I, uh, you know, I, I do like Pennsylvania. And of course, somebody out there screaming, the better state is Maryland because Pennsylvania is a commonwealth. And oh, I just I hate people like that. Anyways, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny because you your location where you mentioned between Little Round Top and Devil's Den, mm-hmm. that's probably why I'm here talking to you tonight, Little Devil's Den. Really? Yep. Because I was, well, up, I was up on top of that, and I seen some of the same things. Well, not necessarily the same things you're talking about, but I did see some soldiers, and that's where the famous story that I have of going to get a picture for a reenactor that I couldn't find for, well, just could never find them. Yeah, I mean, it's, <laughs> um, you hear all kinds of stuff out there. I, I've i got a story that a, a ranger told me once. Uh it was in the same area, you know. You got between the little round, that whole area is the they called it the Valley of Death, uh, because on the second day there was a lot of activity, a lot of death and destruction there. And um, the wheat field, the famous wheat field, is is near there as well. And um, this ranger was telling me one day that he had a, a group of women come out to over to him. It's middle of the day. And said, uh, yeah, we were really impressed with the um, the reenactors you had out that. And she pointed towards the wheat field. He was over by Devil's Den. And he looked at her and he said, well, we don't have any reenactments going on now. And this woman described a, a whole regiment out in the middle of the, uh, the old wheat field. And, you know, they said, yeah, they were impressed by the, what they looked. Well, they saw a residual... <laughs> they saw a residual <laughs> bunch of ghosts out there. So, uh, yeah, and that happens a lot. I mean, people, I hear people telling me stuff all the time, uh, seeing uh, <clears throat> seeing soldiers out there, which they thought were probably reenactors, but it turns out they saw a uh, residual energy. It's crazy to think about. So, so you started the blog, so it made you start one to do... Um... Well, we refer to it as radio. I don't know what they, I mean, it's so changing anymore. It's video, it's radio, it's podcast. I don't know. It's it's radio to me. So what made, yeah. you, what made you start wanting to talk about this, though? Oh, well, I, um, I was invited to do a segment on Beyond the Edge Radio back in, oh, God, when was it, 2011. Uh, Eric Altman and Sean Forker were doing the show back then, and they were looking to expand and put some segments in. So I was doing a segment with them uh, every couple of weeks or so. And um, then one day they asked me, you know, you want to come on as a host? And I said, sure. So that's kind of how it started it. And then, as I say, the rest is history, right? Once, once sure. you get it in your veins, it's kind of hard to get back out of. You know, I, I keep telling myself I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> and, uh, but... You know, I'll probably get away from from a couple of weeks, and it's like, oh well. I mean, I I need to do this again. I don't know why, but I keep you know. So I'll I'll either reinvent, rebrand, or do something. And uh, 
uh, yeah, um, it, it continues on. <laughs> yeah, well, you keep busy, though. I mean, it's not like you're... Yeah. I mean, because I, I was running through the, the website, I'm amazed at the amount of writing you do every week, man. You you stay after it. Yeah, I uh, I keep busy. I do a daily thing over there, and um, and if we we get some good cases that come in or that that lead to full-blown investigations yeah and you know so there, there's always something to talk about so what well the one thing brian bowden wanted me to ask you about i have to you know i have to give him the credit for this even though he shouldn't he doesn't get it really but he gets it anyways um the the flying hum, humanoids in chicago why is it just mm-hmm. why is it just chicago well it's not just chicago it's it's all you know we have sightings all the time everywhere but what, but what but what makes the special is where is Chicago kind of the hub though where most of them are? Well, for whatever reason, it, there's a lot of them there, and uh, it, it's um, you know we've had over the years within 250 mile radius of the city, we've had oh, about 140 reports since 2011 that we feel are credible. And uh, that's kind of where we're at now. Now, since 2019, October 2019, most of them have been in the O'Hare International Airport area. Uh, we get them all around. But for whatever reason, that's kind of been the hub there. Which seems surprising to me because, I mean, when you're talking about an international airport like Chicago O'Hare, mm-hmm. um, the... Um, level of experimental type things should be minimal it seems to me mm-hmm. being a i don't know common sense approach to that i guess i don't know it just seems like it's hard to believe that you know what i'm saying like somebody be screwing around in that area without getting in some serious well <laughs> the uh you know after looking into it and you know trying to you know find out or understand what's really going on we, we we believe it's an an ultra terrestrial type beings that are being seen either coming in from another dimension or using portal to move in and out of our earth plane and wherever they are uh, we have one area of the airport where a lot of sightings have been concentrating uh, and there happens to be a cemetery there the rest haven cemetery out there in the western area by the cargo uh, carriers and um, we've had a lot of sightings around there and we we have calculated that for the most part that area there is where the activity is really the nexus of most of the activity and uh, we have been gathering a bit of information here and there so um yeah, I mean, at this point, you know, it's kind of a baby step thing where we're just trying to get a, a grasp of what we're really dealing with. But, uh, yeah, these sightings are very unusual. Uh, they happen, you know, not really on a regular basis, but they continue. And people, are, people who actually work at the airport, for the most part, have been giving us the reports. Uh, there's, there's been a lid on with security. Um, they've been trying to put a damper on this, but, um, every once in a while, somebody will come forward and, and spill the beans and give us an idea of what they counter they had and some of the stuff that's going on. So it continues on after all these years. So what do you, I mean, when, when things start like this, I'm sure you've probably run into this for the quote-unquote copycat, trying somebody trying to be known for a sighting or an event. You know what I'm talking mm-hmm. about. You've been around long mm-hmm. enough. I don't have to lay this out too deep for you. So how do you sort through the the claims that people are making to you? Well, in, in this series of events uh, in particular, we, um, we've been pretty impressed from the beginning with the witnesses. They've been forthright. They don't embellish on what they tell us. They stick to the story. And, uh, you know, of course you're going to get a a few people that we, we catch telling us, you know, 
some type of fabricated report. But for the most part, this has been pretty been pretty steady with witnesses that they've, um, you know, the, the way they react, some of the things they tell us, the consistency of the reports, uh, you know, and that's kind of unusual in encrypted investigation or any type of paranormal investigation. I was going to say maybe maybe it's maybe my, it's my end of being more of a ghost researcher that mm-hmm. has that type of thing where people want to have this great case, so they well, you know, the end games being on TV, right? Mm-hmm. So if they call you and they have you know, I'll say it, shit flying through the sky and mm-hmm. getting levitated and you know all the all, I mean you could just run down the list, right? And you're like, holy crap, that must be a great place, and you're there, right? And they're like, and then you go there, and it's like, what in the world's going on? Nothing's going on here. I mean, except, well. <laughs> yeah, you you occasionally get people think that they can, you know, uh, even if they do have a, a sighting or encounter, they're, they're going to take advantage of it somehow, and, uh, you know, they're going to lead to riches as well. That may happen occasionally, but very rarely. Uh, that's not what I'm in for it for. I mean, you know, I'm not really making much money at this anyway. I can write a lot of books and do a lot of advertising and this and that, but for the most part, it's kind of self-sustaining, and that's about it. <laughs> it's uh, if I do pay, I'm able to pay the bills for the most part with you know the work or with donations, but it's it kind of gets you in your blood and that, you know, you, you want to do it. And, uh, you know, you have, you're an enthusiast as well and, uh, you want answers. So that's, that's why I do it. And I think that's why most people who work with me do it as well. So my question though, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll come clean on this one. We're mm-hmm. both in the wrong field, right? Because you're, oh, from, yeah. you're from the Fortnite or Fortnite. My kids are going to love that one. <laughs> but I was told by a UFO person, I'm going to sell them down the creek at this moment. Have have a good story, right? Write a book about mm-hmm. it. Go mm-hmm. out and sell it and go to all the events. And just keep dangling a little bit more out there, right? You know, and then maybe write that second book and you just make, keep making the circuit. And just keep making the circuit. Well, I've written nine books, so... You know, I'm not, I really haven't been one to go out there and do the so-called circuit. I will do a, um, I, I will I, do. I think in the UFO community, they have the bigger circuit of people that do that. They're like, they're, yeah. for whatever reason, I don't get it. Like, they're their own, I mean, they're special. <laughs> I found a nice way to say that, didn't I? <laughs> that just hasn't really been something that I've, you know, I, I've really, um, Pursued. I mean, for the most part, I I'll go to a conference here, something some together, get together here or there. Uh, but no, I mean that's not really been something that I've done, and um, I don't know if it's good or bad. I I don't, I, you know, I kind of let what I do, you know, promote itself, you know, as far as the blog and if I put a book out here and there. Um, but no, I don't. I don't. I don't necessarily advertise myself. <laughs> Probably, you know, not as much as some other people would want me to do. But I, I, I really am not into that. Uh, I'm not saying that won't change at some point. But I, I'm just not really. That's that's not the person I've really been. Yeah. So you got that Pennsylvanian in you, right? That it's just put out the work and it'll take care of itself. I'm not <sighs> that. There you go. Because yeah. you know there are those people out there who blow a lot of hot air, and the work they put out is. What's the word for well, that? No. <laughs> you know, I, 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 from the beginning, it's been like, you know, I'll, I'll write what I have and I'll put it out there for the general consumption. If people want to read it and form their own opinions and find, I mean, I'm not, I'm not one to really <clears throat> give a synopsis of everything I write. Um, of course, you know, when you do books and stuff, you got to put a little bit of red meat in there and, or, you know, kind of put people in a direction, but no, I mean, I'm, I, you know, but most of what I do with the blog and my writing is, um, you know, putting out what people are telling me and, uh, let, let the reader make their own decisions. So since we're talking, well, we're talking about Pennsylvania, 
What, what, I mean, I'm assuming it's Bigfoot, right? That is kind of the star of Pennsylvania? Yeah, I mean, and it, it always has been, but there's a lot of stuff that goes on here. Um, there's a lot of weird stuff that happens in Pennsylvania. Well, keep going with that because I'm interested because I love these weird stories. I've got a weird story for you that you may have never heard before. So go ahead and tell me what. I'll tell you one here in a minute. Okay. Well, I mean, I, I had a, a pretty interesting encounter back in 1988, uh, which um, had to do with a, a winged humanoid. Um, it was, uh, I was, well, and actually, I, I had known about the, the Mothman, the whole story about that time anyway. And, but I wasn't expecting to run into something like that. But actually what happened was, um, uh, I was living down in Baltimore. I, I ran into a friend of mine who was, um, involved in Boy Scouts and, uh, we were at, just met each other by, at some type of exposition that was going on. And, uh, you know, I hadn't seen this guy in like 12 years or so. So he and I grew up together. We were Boy Scouts together. Uh, he actually spent time with me on the Gettysburg battlefield as a kid at nighttime. So he saw a few strange things as well. But, uh, we sat there, had some lunch and we're talking <clears throat> and he brought up a, um, something that had been going on at the old camp Conawaga, which is up here. Uh, in the area where I live at now, just north of Gettysburg. And um, he was saying that a lot of these troops who would be camping into in the woods around the camp were getting run out of the place because they kept hearing all these god-awful screaming sounds coming from the woods. And uh, the kids were getting scared, and they were packing up and leaving early. And it must have been going on most of the summer. Um, so it was fall by that time. And he mentioned to me as we were sitting there, he said, you know, I know you're into the paranormal and everything. Do you mind coming up along with us next week and give me your take on what's going on? So, yeah, we met up there the next weekend. It was a Friday. And uh, we went into the woods, set up camp. <clears throat> it was three of us. We had three three tents and all, so we set camp up. And, you know, the, f the first night was pretty uneventful. Um, we were just sitting around talking. And um, so the next day, which was a Saturday, we went out and did some hiking around the area. We were out most of the day. We got back to the campsite about 6 in the evening. It was just starting to turn dark. It was, uh, like I said, it was in the fall. It was in October. And, um, you know, we got something to eat and sat around the fire and talking most of the night. And at one point we heard the screaming sound. This was, I don't know, about 10 o'clock in the evening. And, <clears throat> you know, we, it, you know, we didn't know what it was. It, it wasn't discernible. Could have been an animal or something. So we didn't give it much thought, but anyway, we, uh, we sat there, stayed, stayed there, we're talking and all, talking football and all kinds of other stuff that would come up to our mind. And uh, we heard another scream. And now this time it sounded like a uh, like a child or a woman screaming. It was pretty blood curdling, to be honest with you. And it was kind of moving in and out. And <clears throat> so we, uh, yeah, that kind of got our attention that time. So. But we didn't do anything, you know. We sat there and hoping nothing would pop up. But <clears throat> excuse me, and um, we just sat there for a while. Then, as we were sitting there, I got, you know, I got I had to get up and walk around and stretch my legs. And I, I was walking out toward the trail, and then I'm thinking along the, you know, the trail along the creek, and I was thinking, yeah. I just got this sense something's not right here. So anyway, we, I went back to where they, the guys were sitting around the fire. I said, look, let's get our flashlights, go out on the trail a bit and see if we see anything. So, uh, yeah, we got our flashlights, went out on the trail, back to back, walking up the trail. We didn't get too far from the campsite at all. And we all three saw at the same time something standing in the creek. 
uh, <clears throat> you know, there was a lot of moonlight that night, so we could see pretty well, pretty deep into the forest and and into the creek, which was to our right, and we saw these big red eyes. And by the time we got our flashlights on this thing, it, it literally jettisoned itself into the air. And as it reached its apex, you know, we heard this whooshing sound as it moved. And uh, as it reached its apex, we heard it scream again. And then it faded off, but it was loud. And uh, we were freaked out, so we ran back to the campsite sat down around the fire trying to figure out what the hell we just saw. Uh, my buddy, he was shook. He wasn't even saying a word. And uh, the other guy mentioned, uh, you know, did you see something on its back? And I did. I had seen some type of structure on its back, which I assume were probably wings, <clears throat> but I wasn't really sure what was going on. So... Um, you know, we were we were trying to talk about it a bit. My buddy wasn't talking. Then he eventually said, look, I'm not spending the night out here. Uh, I'm going up the administration building. So him and his other, his buddy went up there. So I spent the night alone at the, uh, the campsite. Uh, I didn't see anything else or hear anything else. But, uh, you know, that was back in October of 88. I didn't really say much to a lot of people about it over the years. But after I wrote the, you know, started writing in the blog, then I posted something about it back in 2008. And I started getting responses from people, local people, who were telling me that they had heard screens and such and uh, over the years. And then I had a scoutmaster tell me that his uh, troop was out there not too, you know, not too uh distant from that time and uh they had been out there and the kids were out during the day hiking up and down the trail or just nosing about and they came running back pretty shook ups and told the scoutmaster they had seen a dragon that's what they described it as he thought they were pulling his leg and uh, but he didn't think much of it he said though they were scared and um he didn't really think much about it until he read my post. And then he, you know, he got back to me and said, you know, now I think they actually saw something. I don't know what it was. And over the years, I, we, I will occasionally get a report of something very similar to what I saw along the Conewago Creek. Now the Conewago Creek kind of goes west from Camp Conewago, then turns and heads east towards the Susquehanna River where it empties into, but I've had reports up and down that Creek and, uh, I've had about five reports over the years, but, um, very similar, you know, dark in color, uh, large wings. And, you know, I, the description of wings had vary, but it has the red eyes. People mentioned that as well. So, um, but be honest with you, these sightings, this sighting I had, and the subsequent sighting reports to me is very similar to what they've seen in Chicago. Man, I, I should have went first because my story is not nearly as good as yours. <laughs> For the record. Uh, no, but that's weird, though, that, I mean, it's... I don't want to say traveling, but it's kind of... I mean, that's still in that kind of same vein. Same... Well, not area, but... As I'm going across the map, it is. Mm-hmm. But so my story, I was told this from a guy whose father told him about, mm-hmm. it. Uh, you know, God knew I was into the paranormal. He pulls me over and he says, I've got to tell you a story. And I said, no, oh, well, of course, please. He says years ago when they were building Interstate 79, which runs from, well, runs from Erie down who knows where mm-hmm. through Pennsylvania. Uh, they built, they built it over Geneva swamp and, uh, it floats on old growth timber, pretty much, because they couldn't mm-hmm. find bedrock in the swamp. So as they were putting that in there, they had people kind of steering them in boats down in as they were piling them down in the ground. And because um, he was up in the machine piling them down, and there was a guy, a couple guys in the boat, making sure they were lined up right. And uh, he said, one day they were doing that, and they all disappeared. 
the boat capsized, flipped over. There was a big turtle that was eight feet wide, and the boat tips over, and the turtle disappeared. Mm. I'm like, an eight-foot-wide turtle tipped over a boat. And I said, I imagine he, he probably was pretty mad that they got he got hit by a big board. <laughs> <laughs> but eight, I mean, that's like massive for a turtle. And oh, eight, yeah. I mean, but I'll be honest with you, I've heard similar stories, not necessarily in Pennsylvania. But, uh, yeah, every once in a while you'll get these huge... <laughs> snapping turtle stories or somewhere like wait it's like the beast the busco stories from indiana um yeah every once in a while and i i, I you'll get some type of gargantuan natural animal uh and that may very well be true i mean you know who I'm knows let's say in that swamp anything's possible right i mean sure because <laughs> there isn't too many people digging around on the bottom of that no or on the top of that even <laughs> that's crazy so so I'm, I wanted to ask you about trends because it seems like at least on the, the popular media side the TV side mm-hmm. like it goes through aliens UFOs and then it turns to cryptids for a while and ghosts are kind of always in the middle of it all mm-hmm. but how about the reports Are they do they run that same cycle have you noticed as one thing becomes more popular on TV people report more of that to you or is it unrelated um, you know, it can be at times, but for the most part, I, I kind of get a, a well-rounded <laughs> genre of, uh, of sightings, um, of a lot of different stuff. Uh, you know, years and years ago, the Bigfoot was kind of the big thing, but as time has gone on, and I, I think because the, you know, paranormal TV and, and such as that, it being out in the media, people seem less fearful about coming forward so you know of course we we get the uh the upright canine dog man stuff and that starts picking up as time goes on and then uh of course we've always had the winged human noise but they kind of come in in waves as well of course we're always getting ufo reports and alien reports uh the big thing we've been getting more recently are these pale humanoid sightings uh, for whatever reason, whatever they are. Um, in fact, I just wrote a book about it, and uh, that'll be coming out soon. Pennsylvanians, so you I, don't get enough sun? Pale humanoid? Oh, wait. Yeah, I don't, <laughs> I don't know what they are. I mean, I don't know if these are... The book is titled Mean Humanoid, so I don't know if it has anything to do with um, uh, thought forms or, or you know... These things being mind manifested from from different internet memes or such, uh, it just seems awful weird that you know this stuff started showing up online, and then you know we start getting all these reports of people actually encountering these beings. Well, like the Slender Man, there's a perfect example. Uh, that was nothing, nothing more than a meme a story that ran on the internet and then people started seeing these things for real. I mean, these two girls in, in Wisconsin who, uh, actually tried to kill their friend because they were trying to satisfy the whims of this slender man being, they, they thought it was real. Uh, we've had reports of people seeing these things in the flesh so, uh, yeah, I mean, and d- this whole phenomenon of these pale crawlers or, you know, it, we have been getting reports for years now. And, um, it, you know, it, it, it's, it's pretty regular as far as what we get. So, uh, that's why I decided just to write about it because, um, you know, it's, uh, it, it's, a more or less a newer type of cryptid or humanoid or, you know, phenomena that's been making its rounds within the community. I, I think a lot of investigators try to ignore it uh, because they just don't really understand what it is. But we still get the reports. So, um, yeah, so that's something I've been working on for a while now. So you're going to have to forgive me because I... 
I've, I've been struggling with this one, and I've been asking a lot of people because it seems kind of gray to me still. So some people mm. have a great rock-solid definition and are 100% comfortable with it. I'm still in the, in the middle here. What's the difference between a dog man and a Bigfoot? Well, the description for the most part. I mean, um, the fact that they're cryptids and they just show up without really any reason or rhyme or reason for it. Uh, you know, the upright canines and dogmen are a, a canine-like being uh, that come in a variety of sizes, but they're usually pretty good size. And, of course, the Bigfoot is a, a bigger creature that looks more human as opposed to what a, <laughs> a humanoid-like dog or canine looks. But they're, you know, I, I think there's some interchangeable sightings where one may be the other and vice versa. And um, especially here in Pennsylvania, I mean, we we have been taking sightings of these, these uh, canid cryptids for several years now. And uh, I, I can see where some of the, um, you know, somebody will see something and, and believe it's a canid, but it could be actually a Bigfoot. Uh, yeah. So I, I, and I think cryptids for the most part, and this is just my, this is my understanding, but I think cryptids are ultra terrestrial beings. Uh, you know, these creatures that we see on this earth plane that people have no explanation for. Uh, I think they, they all come from some unknown dimension. Uh, they're portal travelers and they, they have the ability to move in and out between dimensions and uh but i i think i think most of them are i mean sure i think there are some indigenous bigfoot type beings uh in certain areas um especially like the pacific northwest and <clears throat> in florida and along the gulf coast there are areas where these beings actually live and breed but i think for the most part um most of what people see or some type of terrestrial being. No, I'm inserting a joke here. I, I've been at I've been at Walmart at two a.m. Of course, they're not open anymore all night. But back when they were, I've seen some dog men. <laughs> yeah, okay, sorry. Oh my. Anyways, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. You you live in Pennsylvania. You know the people I speak of that don't dare come out. They're maybe they maybe they're vampires. They don't come out in daytime. <laughs> Well, I mean, you know, if, if you're out hanging around in the middle of the night, you're going to see some strange things. <laughs> and most of them, some of them are normal and some of them aren't. Mm-hmm. So, where did that question go? Somebody asked me a good question for you. And live radio, I just skimmed right over it because I was talking to you about <laughs> some other stuff. Um, have you worked with any of the hosts or producers for many of the cable paranormal shows? If so, what's it like? Oh, I, I have cursory uh involvement with some people for but for the most part it's just um you know actually doing investigations for some of them. No, I just haven't done that. Uh, most people have their own thing going. I've got my own thing going. I've got my own people working, so we kinda keep to ourselves. Uh yeah, occasionally somebody'll get involved with I mean just like the beginning of the um with these winged humanoid sightings, you know, Rosemary Ellen Guiley and I were working pretty close together with that. And, uh, you know, she kind of helped me get off, uh, get off the snide with this thing and, and try to help me out. Uh, she was following up with witness sightings and contacting people and verifying, uh, you know, and I had known Rosemary for a while. So, you know, her, yeah, I mean, I've worked with her before, and occasionally I will work with others, but, you know, it's, it, for the most part, it's just me and my group. No, I get that. Yeah. Stay in these Pennsylvania hills and just let it roll by. <laughs> mm-hmm. Stay out of trouble that way. Um, is Gettysburg your, well, I, I know you're more of the other kind of investigators, but is Gettysburg your favorite ghost place? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean it's uh, it's familiar. It's something I'm used to, but uh, you know, it's it's probably got more energy 
than any other place I've ever been to, and I've been to a lot of places, but honestly, that there's something about Gettysburg, you know, because of the battle and, and other phenomena that's associated with the area, and uh, it's just it, it's just like the place is imprinted with activity, and um, yeah, and you know, and most you know most areas that had seen fighting or battles and such are imprinted and uh you know i go down to antietam and i get senses of stuff that happened there as well and in most places where there's been active you know some type of uh, a battle or a fight or something uh but no gettysburg is by far in my opinion the most haunted place in the in the world so which one of these creatures keeps you this is a bad question which one of these questions questions keep you up at night which one of these creatures keep you up at night oh nothing keeps me up (laughs) oh come on i've you know i've had encounters i've had a bigfoot encounter i had this winged humanoid encounter and um you know i I, I, there's some things i i wouldn't want to encounter i mean you know uh, the upright canines i'm not too particular about ever running up against um uh, they're just scary looking creatures, and from what, what people tell us about them, they're uh, you know they're frightening. And uh, no, I don't think I'd ever want to run up against one of those things. I hear you, man. Um, no, I, I think it's fascinating though because there's a lot of these different things. Now, this is the one that gets me because there's just people out there who just see one, right? Either ghosts, mm-hmm. aliens, Bigfoot. And then there's a whole different category of people that see all of them, which fascinates me. Mm-hmm. And I, I often wonder because I've had some ghost experience, but I have not yet experienced the others. So I'm in that small that small group that just sees the one. Mm-hmm. What am I doing wrong? No, you're not doing anything wrong. I know investigators, seasoned investigators, well known investigators, who have never had an encounter at all. Um, Stan Gordon's a perfect example. You know he. Um, He's never seen anything that he reports on, you know, other than, you know, of course, he was involved with the Kecksburg UFO, and, you know, he caught a glimpse of that thing. But as far as actual, actually having a, a, a uh, overwhelming encounter with, like, a Bigfoot or a huge UFO or something like that, no, I, you know. And this guy's been doing this since the 60s, so he, no. Uh, I, I think I've been very lucky. Now, I've never seen a UFO that I would consider a UFO, but I've seen some other things uh, in the, you know, all these years that, you know, I believe um, demonstrate completely that there are there is something out there and uh, there are things out there that, that we can't explain. And um, uh, but no, there's there are people who have been doing this for a long time that had just never had much of an encounter at all. You're too busy sleeping at night. That's all I just. Well, like. that may be. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> Nothing's keeping you up at night, so you're not looking up at night. Yeah, I mean, no, I, <laughs> nothing. Nothing bothers me much of anything. And of course, um, I've had some strange encounters that ran into the evening, like when I, I was abducted at one point. I believe I was. And uh, I've had some strange encounters at home with beings. Uh, you know, nothing like waking up while you're laying there and there are three tall beings standing beside you. And, um, yeah, that gets your attention. So, um, but no, I've had, I've had a few things happen to me. So I'm going to dramatically shift gears here because I'm interested. Mm-hmm. You, you've wrote nine books and you write this blog all the time. How do you uh-huh. keep from getting writer's block? Oh, I, I do get writer's block. Okay, there so- have been times. Yeah, there have been times. Uh, well, especially writing the books, I yeah, I never really go into it with a good mind. <laughs> <laughs> it, you know, it's um, it's usually because of something that I've been involved with, uh, like where I think you know I need to write a, instead of just putting it out there. I need to write a book about it, go more in depth into it. Uh, it's just like what's been going on in Chicago. Now I've written two books that 
have had these sightings in it, and uh, I'll probably end up going to do a third. Um, you know, it's just one of those things. As time's going on, the, the sightings can, can continue, and we're coming up with different variables uh, to possibly explain what's going on. But, you know, we're, we're always getting new theories and uh, new cases that kind of bolster those theories. So, yeah, that's probably going to require another book. Yeah, but you didn't really. You, you kind of dodged the question there. You, how how do you keep keep the the energy flowing to keep writing? I guess is. Oh, right I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it. Yeah, you know, I. You know, it's like I get up every day, and the first thing that I think about is what I'm going to write for the blog that day, and then I do what I got to do. I spend the four or five hours daily that I need to do that. And, uh, you know, something else comes up, then I do it. But I'm always busy with this. Um, I've got people calling me constantly and and sending me stuff. And uh, that's why I actually started the Fans of Monsters 14 research team, where I've got investigators and affiliates who kind of my boots in the ground, kind of look at the and investigate firsthand the stuff that comes to me. And, um, yeah, I got a hand to them. They do a lot of leg work uh, as opposed to what I'm able to do anymore. And, uh, but no, I, I, I'm busy. I mean, there's no doubt about that. I probably spend more time than I really need to do, but, uh, yeah, I do spend a lot of time behind the computer. Now, I mean, that's where it's at though, right? You've, yeah, if you're going to do it, you got to do it. You got to do it right. I mean, like I said, we've kind of danced around it earlier about people who just, Ugh, anyways, we won't get... Well, I mean, I'll be honest with you, and you know, this might sound crazy, but I kind of feel obligated to it at this point. Uh, you know, I've been doing this for a long time, and, um, <clears throat> you know, I if I suddenly stopped, there are going to be people driving me crazy wanting to know what's going on, and, uh, yeah. So, no, I know. Uh, Trust me, I know. Occasionally, I, you know, I... Well, Occasionally, I end up having to go to the hospital or something, or, or go on vacation. I have to stop for a period of time. But and even no, then, uh, even then, yeah. man, I know because like uh, a couple of years ago, I had thyroid surgery, right? And uh, I had stitches in my neck, and I was bound and determined. I had the surgery on Friday. I was bound and determined to host the show on Tuesday. I couldn't talk mm-hmm. until Monday morning. Mm-hmm. Like, and I, I'm like, I'm doing this. And my wife's like, you're still not talking. I'm like. I still got 24 hours. I I'll be better. <laughs> well, you know, back in uh, back in the fall of uh, 2016, pneumonia. So I'm in the hospital. I'm in there. I was there for a week. I had I had to get my son. I tell him, look, bring the laptop in to the to the my room and everything's I, i'm gonna have to work because i got people bugging the crap out of me and uh i gotta you know, i gotta keep going at this well yeah because what else are you gonna do while you're sitting there that's the worst when well, you're sitting there doing trying to be better yeah i tell it, you to relax that's I mean, the I worst hate, thing in the world i hate not being able to you know get back and answer and do things yeah it, it yeah it does work on you after a while <laughs> am i obsessed yeah maybe to a point but i you know, it's just part of what I do. I enjoy doing. If I did enjoy doing it, I would do it. You know, that's just the way I am. But uh, yeah, I guess maybe I am obsessed to a point. But I, I feel obligated to do it there at this point. Yeah, but I think you got, once you get that going, right? You just mm. you get going, and then it starts feeling itself, and you feel like if you take a day off, I know how I feel, right? It's like. Yeah, you're two days behind then because you got to look at all the stuff from today and all the stuff from yesterday. And... Yeah, well, I I do take a day off once in a while, but you know, I don't know. It's um, I mean, there have been times when I said I'm going to take two or three days off and just take a day off, and uh, probably more times than not. But no, I I I, I try to take time, but. I'll be honest, it, it's difficult. It really is. It's difficult to move away from the, the laptop and uh, away from the phone for a long period of time. <laughs> so I feel like an idiot at this point because I assume most of my listeners know who you are and know where to find you. But for anybody out there who has now found out a wealth of information about you and wants to know the website and all, you know, you know what I'm talking about. You're an old hat. Yeah, well, 
I mean, the blog is Fams of Monsters. It's fansofmonsters.com. Um, I've been doing it now for, well, God, how long now? Almost 17 years. Um, and uh, it's a daily thing, and we post daily, and I try to keep uh, an update of certain new cases that do come and uh but you know yeah that's what i do and uh there i'm on my new well my <laughs> my radio show used to be arcane radio but uh, it's changed its name it's rebranded it's it's fams of monsters radio now i think it ho- hopefully it's going to be easier for people to find and uh if you go to youtube and just put fams of monsters into the search it'll come up uh, it's a, a live show we do every Friday, and uh, we do a few other things as well. Um, the Fams Monsters 14 research team can be found at uh, cryptidhunters.org. Uh, we, our cases, our team cases are listed there. Uh, so that's pretty well what I'm, how you can get a hold of me. My contact is all listed there, the email or the phone number, and... Uh, you know, if you've got something happen or something, you've seen something, you know, you want to talk about it, feel free to call me. And the, the obligatory, the books are on Amazon and he's all over social media. That, that too. <laughs> <laughs> just, you know, just because it just yeah. seems like, I know, trust me, you're, you're, you're that, that you're the same way I am. Like, just type in Mallard wherever you are and you'll find, you'll find me. Like, I don't mm-hmm. care anymore. Like, and sometimes it, it shows. <laughs> like you just get too many places and too much time. I mean, there's only so much time that you can put in these things anymore, but yeah. So, so the radio show, when did you, when did you, when did you branch out and start doing your, your show? Uh, well, beyond the edge kind of folded for a while. And I decided with, uh, Sean Fork and I decided to start, arcane radio back in oh god when was that 2005 like 2015 so we did that together then we we actually got on onto another show we did for about six months and then he kind of got tired of it and, and then i decided well i'm gonna restart arcane radio that was back in 2017 18 and uh that's where i've been and uh it was arcane radio for about five years and uh i was on a youtube channel uh beyond explanation but that has kind of been rebranded now so it's going to be uh hopefully from now on uh phantoms of monsters radio there you go i mean it's it's a journey right it's all about the journey yeah. it's not about the- I don't even know where the destination is anymore, right? Like, <laughs> do you, have you figured your figured yours out yet? Because maybe I could take some notes. No, no. Uh, it, it, it seems that we all evolved to, at some point, um, you know. And I, I think with people like us who are involved with the paranormal, you you got to kind of make it fresh occasionally, and uh, either rebrand or just make things, you know, things get are presented in a different way. Of course, the blog has kind of been the same for me, but I've kind of branched out here and there and doing things. But to be honest with you, everything kind of stays the same for the most part. So that's just the way it is. The more it changes, the more it stays the same. I think I've heard that once or twice. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. So outside the paranormal, Mm -hmm. what, 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 what do you do with your free time? What, where, where, I mean, not much. <laughs> uh, you know, it, there used to be a time when I, you know, I do a lot of reading. Um, I'm not really a television person, though I do watch things here and there. Uh, I used to do a lot of fly fishing. I'm disabled now, so it's kind of, it's not conducive for me going out in the, into the woods and or out to the streams and doing that anymore. I do try to get out a bit um, to the chagrin of people who try to get me out to do things. <laughs> they uh, they kind of throw up their hands and give up. But, uh, no, I mean, honestly, uh, my my wife and I were together for like 33 years. She passed away back in 
2015. So my son lives with me and, uh, you know, we moved back up Pennsylvania and, uh, I, I'm just kind of, I'm, I'm kind of a home guy. I mean, you know, I, I'll go where I have to go, but I'm not really out there doing things I used to like I, you know, like it was before. Um, but, uh, you know, that may change at some point. It may, it may, I, I, I'm going to lean probably not, but we'll just let you have that moment there where (laughs) I get it, man. Like it's, I don't get out too much either. So maybe it's, maybe it's another Pennsylvania thing where you just kind of, yeah, I mean, you know, with the, um, with the internet and communications and stuff, it's, it's, it makes it too easy to sit around and do everything at home. And, uh, I, I think a lot of us get lazy like that, but, um, you know, I, and I do it, but I do admire people who are able to go out and, and do the, the hands-on investigations. I'm, I'm just not able to do that anymore. I wish I could, but I, for the most part, now I do local investigations and, uh, if I have to travel a bit, I will. But you know, it's um, man, it's not it's not like it used to be. And you you'll tell you'll agree with this one. You used to go out with your friends because that's you had your your friend group locally. But I'm sure you have sure. the same way I am. Like I'm looking at my chat room right now. I got people in Maryland and Canada and New York and you know, like they're <laughs> to get together with them. You have to be online. <laughs> Like well, yeah, I mean, a big part of the people I associate with are people I've never actually met in person. Uh, that's just the way it is nowadays. And, um, you know, we always talk about getting together and doing things. And, uh, you know, recently the guy who I had been working with closely passed away. And, uh, yeah, so I'm, that's going to that's gonna have to change. Things are going to have to be uh, other people are going to have to step in his shoes, and uh, yeah, so it evolves. And it does. It never it, again. The more it changes, the more it stays the same. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Lon, I appreciate you jumping on with me. I, I mean, it wasn't quite the last minute, but I knew it was. <laughs> <laughs> but I knew, you know, there are certain people you just know who understand, who have been there, who have been on the other yeah. side, where they get to that point and they're like, "Oh God." <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I'll be honest with you. I, I, I absolutely hate booking people to do shows, and uh, that is probably my least favorite thing to do, but it has to be done. Uh, I try to give that responsibility to other people now, but, <laughs> you know, I'm kind of a micromanager. I'll admit to it, and, uh, you know, I'm always sticking my thumb in stuff. Uh, so, yeah. And sometimes I'm booked out six weeks, and then sometimes I realize the day off. I'm like, oh, da 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 da. Oh yeah, I get that. <laughs> yeah, and and people are always canceling on you for whatever reason. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it just seems to work out that way. Well, thank you again, and uh, I'm sure we'll talk again soon. No problem. Have a good night. You take care. And that's uh, Lon Strickler there from Phantoms and Monsters. I wanted to take a, a quick moment here. As we wind in down tonight's program, it says seven fifty on your screen. Try refreshing. I don't know. That's weird. Maybe you're in some sort of time portal. Germantown runner. Good to have you back, by the way. Good to have a lot of you back. I mean, I've seen a lot of illness and a lot of stuff going on. And um, for those of you who are recovering, I'm glad that you're recovering, and I'm uh, sending you all positive thoughts and um, thinking about Brian Bowden, and he needs some positive energy as well. He's got a lot of. Um, the other side of that, of people who have passed, and uh, just want to send out a lot of positive to all of you. Um, there's a lot going on in the world right now, and we need to take care of each other the best we can. So let's make sure we do that. And um, yeah, and I'm sorry for those of you who watching the video who missed the intro because uh, some idiot. Yeah, you know, I trying to help and mess it up, but we'll get there, one way or the other. I can promise you. I'm not sure how long my intro is tonight. Outro tonight is. So we're just going to try to hit this post. It's the Mallard Report. Yeah, the Mallard Report. Hey, I want to thank you for joining us. It's been a good show tonight. I hope you enjoyed it. Take a few moments, subscribe, share. All the fun stuff, you know how to do it. I don't have to tell you. 
just uh, be ready for next week. It'll be sooner than you think. In a world infatuated with comic fandom comes a show to help us remember the talents that have inspired us. Whoa, 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 cut. Oh, come on. It wasn't that bad. It's a bit dramatic. Let's just tell them about the show, guys. We are the Canned Air Podcast. Join us weekly for a comedic trip through pop culture. We also welcome some cool comic creators, as well as some of the voice and screen actors that help shape your childhood. Find us on cannedairpodcast.com and on the Evergreen Podcast Network.